What's up, football fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Fans First Football Show. Rob Stats Guerrera, Jeff Hartman here. Rob, you missed last week. Happy New Year. How's it going? Yes, thank you for uh, for having somebody fill in. I appreciate it. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, man, and, and your team is in a different situation. You know, y'all are sitting back, resting easy, getting ready for the first round of the playoffs from the couch. How are you feeling about the Niners to get the show off out of the way to start quick? I'm so happy that they just got through this week. It was such like a dead week, and we saw some big-name players. A.J. Brown got hurt yesterday. Mm-hmm. Stephon Gilmore got hurt yesterday. Um, Sam Laporta for the Lions got hurt. Like there were some big name players that went down. The 49ers appear to have gotten through week 18 relatively unscathed. And that was the only thing I was worried about. So now we're on to the playoffs. Jalen Hurts finger, which looks really, really ugly. Oh, looked as ugly as the Eagles have looked this past yeah, four weeks. That is true. It's just a reminder, like two million in, in one that I could not be an NFL player because I'd be like, oh my gosh, my finger. He stayed in the game. <laughs> he stayed in the game. <laughs> but what a week it was. Week 18. Uh, it came down to there were there were a lot of playoff seedings. There was a lot of playoff vacancies that had yet to be filled. The NFC was rather it was constructed pretty quickly, but the AFC was nuts. The AFC, you saw teams that were not in the playoff picture get in. They got the help that they needed. My team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, being one of those recipients. Thank you, Tennessee. Let's start there. Let's start with the Saturday games, believe it or not. Let's go Steelers-Ravens. It was Saturday, 4.30 game in Baltimore. The weather was atrocious. Cold, pouring down rain. The the Ravens are playing their backups. The Steelers win 17-10, to and they needed help, and they got that help on Sunday, 1 o'clock window. The Tennessee Titans hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars win 28-20. to Derrick Henry, swan song. You assume it's DeAndre Hopkins, swan song, and even Ryan Tannehill. But now the Steelers are in. Rob, what do you think about this whole scenario? Uh, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars, just they're not ready for prime time. Maybe Trevor Lawrence, like, when do we start to question whether Trevor Lawrence is actually good? Because he yeah. was supposed to be like the prince that was promised, right? Like, oh, Trevor Lawrence, he's, you know, he's Andrew Luck. He's the best quarterback. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's not that good. Like, yeah. I wouldn't want Trevor Lawrence to be the quarterback of my team. He threw for 21 touchdowns this year and 14 interceptions. Like, really? And the Jags won 8-8. Eight eight. So the Jags fall on their face again. And it opens the door for chaos. Not chaos, but it opens the door for the Steelers. It opens the door for the Bills in the AFC, which everybody in the AFC should be mad at the Jags for letting the Bills get in. <laughs> no, it was it was crazy. I thought as a Steeler fan, I was going to have to wait until the Sunday night game. We all assumed that the Jaguars were going to beat the Titans and that the Steelers were going to rely on the Dolphins potentially beating the Bills, which didn't happen, but they had already punched their ticket prior to that. And the Steelers now find themselves as the seven seed and they're going to have to go to Buffalo on Sunday at 1 o'clock. And that's going to be a really interesting matchup based on the fact that T.J. Watt is probably not going to be available. Another is that got hurt. Yeah, and he's the, uh, you know, but uh, contrary to some of the other games like Philadelphia and and even Detroit, while there was something to play for, they had already locked up playoff seedings and, and divisions. For, for Pittsburgh, they needed that win. So, yeah, you're you're hoping T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt's probably not going to play in this playoff game. The Steelers do not have a great record without T.J. Watt in the lineup. But at the same time, the Steelers are thankful to be into the dance, and maybe they can make some noise. Buffalo has been hit or miss. We'll put it that way. They've been hit or miss. And I watched that first half of the Sunday night game, and then I saw the highlights in the morning of the second half. 
Josh Allen, like he's a roller coaster every single week. <laughs> yeah, he really is. And the thing with Buffalo, I felt like they got away from their ground game. Like when they had sort of stabilized things, they were really letting James Cook carry the ball a lot. And it kind of, and they were using him on checkdowns also. It just, they sort of recentered their offense. And in this one, he had 13 carries, but Josh Allen had 15 carries in the game. They only threw to James Cook four times. He had three catches yeah. for 16 yards. I felt like they got away from what had been working. Now they won the game. So I, you know, credit to them. But to me, Buffalo is at his scariest when they run the ball and then they let Josh Allen make, you know, a few plays here and there. The more Josh Allen has the ball in his hands, the more there is potential for a what the bleep play, both yeah. good and bad. <laughs> There were some throws in that first half where you're like, what in the hell is Josh Allen doing? Who is he throwing the, it to? Yes, the one on the sideline where he like jumps up and throws it, and then he comes down on his knee, and I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, please don't let him get hurt. He he just has those moments in him, and you, it's a roller coaster. Like you said, you don't know if it's going to be good or bad, but you're going to say what the bleep. But he, even if you think back to the end of the first half of that game, there was the play where they're out of timeouts. There's, I think, 10 seconds left. And they throw a an inward slant. And I don't even know who the receiver was. But the guy gets stopped short of the goal line. And they leave with no points. They don't get any points on that drive. Like, that's Sean McDermott. Like, you, you come on now. Like, this is this seems like coaching 101 to me. And yet, every week we talk about it, Rob. There's these coaching blunders where points are left on the field. And that can, that can come back to haunt you, especially in the postseason. So, we'll right. see how that goes. It's the little stuff like that that makes a difference, right? You don't get any points. It's, like... That might it might come down to that in a playoff game, just executing in situational football. You can say what you want about Bill Belichick and the Patriots, but part of the reason they won so damn often was because they always did that stuff right. Every single time. They realized that most teams don't, and they emphasized it, and it worked. And for the Bills, like you said, that could come back to haunt them. Absolutely. Another game on Saturday, which had big implications in the AFC, was the night game. The Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts go head-to-head. The Texans win 23 to 19. This is a team we have talked about a lot on this show throughout the season. The ups, the downs, CJ Stroud back. The first play, I think, from scrimmage was a 75 yard bomb to Nico Collins. It was a beautiful play. This game was actually really entertaining. The Texans win. They are in the playoffs. They're going to be prepared for the Cleveland Browns. That's going to be a, an interesting game. Rob, what's your takeaway from this Texans Colts game? There are some seasons like my season for the 49ers where, look, you're expected to win and you go out and you have a good team, but you're expecting to win. So when you do win, it's more like relief. But then there are seasons like the Texans have had where you're not expecting anything. And all of a sudden they start winning games and playing well. And every week you show up to the TV and you're like, are they going to continue to do this? Are they? Yes, they are. They're winning and then they win again and they win again. And you're like, this is awesome. This is such a house money season for the Texans. You found your quarterback. You know you found your quarterback. And now you're sitting there like, can we do it again? And whatever happens, it's fine. If they lose to the Browns, so what, man? Nobody thought the Texans were making the playoffs this year. This is awesome. This is such a nothing-to-lose season for tech for the Texans and their fans. Your quarterback's going to get playoff experience. Like This is all gravy for you. So if you're a Houston fan, you have to be thrilled. And they they could beat the Browns in the playoffs. For sure. The Browns have been turning the football over left, right, and center. Like, a lot. And when you turn the football over, you can lose to anybody. So I give the Texans a puncher's chance against Cleveland. 
Well, at Cleveland, I'm, I'm waiting for Joe Flacco to turn into a pumpkin. I mean, it's not just because of the orange helmets, but you just kind yeah. of are waiting for the other shoe to, to drop here with Joe Flacco. Like He's had a magical run, not to take anything away from that. But I don't know if it's just the cynic in me, if it's the Steeler fan in me that hates the Browns. But I'm just sitting here like, this is not going to last. And I wouldn't be shocked if Houston goes to Cleveland and finds a way to win the game. And let's be honest, we talk about the Houston Texans. I want to say this real quick before we talk about the Browns. Mm -hmm. The Houston Texans have done this with this makeshift offensive line. They've had a ton of injuries up front. They don't have one of their one of the up-and-coming receivers anymore in Tank Dell, who is injured. And C.J. Stroud missed time with that concussion. They found a way. So kudos to D'Amico Ryans and their offense and their defense is keeping it together. Tell you what, man, the Texans are fun to watch. I actually enjoy watching them play. It's going to be a fun game. Just so everyone knows it's listening in case they haven't seen, this is going to be the first playoff game, 4.30 Eastern time on NBC Browns at Texans. So... You think the other shoe's going to drop with Cleveland? I think it will. The Browns have 37 giveaways this season. That is the most in the league. Joe Flacco, yeah, he's played great. He has eight picks in five games. Like, they have been giving the ball away, and they've been able to compensate because their defense has 28 takeaways. But if your defense doesn't get those takeaways and you're giving the ball away at the rate that the Browns are, you're going to lose, especially in the playoffs. So I don't see that stopping. 37 giveaways. That's insanity. (laughs) So you know what? I think I'm taking Houston in that game. That'll be fun. That'll be interesting. That'll be a really interesting game. Now, we mentioned the Bills and the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football. Bills win. They claim the number two seed. They win the AFC East, and that pushes the Dolphins down to the number six seed. And now they have to go to Kansas City. So this is a game, before we even talk about the game itself, this is Saturday night, 8-15. This game, if you're not in the viewing area for Kansas City or Miami, this is a, a Peacock-exclusive game. Mm. Rob, I want to ask you your take on the NFL with a playoff game. This isn't Thursday night football where you have to have Amazon Prime. A playoff game saying that me in Maryland, I'm not going to get this game unless I get Peacock. First, I want to get your take on what the NFL's doing. Look, the NFL has always tried to be proactive when it comes to this type of stuff, when it comes to like expanding into other countries. And now they're expanding into the streaming space. It would infuriate me to no end if I had to subscribe to Peacock to watch my team play in the playoffs. But you know what? I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it. And maybe I get some sort of free trial. And my plan is like, oh, I'll just cancel it before the free trial ends. And guess what? If I forget, then they get a month of my money for nothing. And guess what? I'm sure many people are going to do that and many people are going to forget. And NBC is just going to say, thank you very much for the money. So for them, you know, I guess it's worth it. Uh, It would infuriate me to no end. But this is sort of the world we live in now. It infuriates me to no end. And I'm not even a fan of either of these teams, but I want to watch the damn game. But I'm not a Peacock subscriber and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not even going to do the trial. Like I have got to. That's the only way the NFL is going to stop this nonsense is if all of a sudden the ratings plummet. If the ratings plummet and NBC says, yeah, we didn't get the subscriptions we thought. Let's not do this again. And unfortunately, that's probably not going to happen for all the reasons that you stated. There's going to be the NFL fan that says, gosh, it's it's Dolphins, it's Chiefs, it's an Arrowhead. I want to see Tua and let's see if Waddle's back and Mostert and all these. Let's see this high-powered game. They want to watch it so bad. And they're going to get the free trial. They're going to sign up for a month. And it's not going to go away. But still. I can't have another streaming. So You know, all these streaming services... You know what that is? It's cable. 
<laughs> humming cable again, right? Oh, imagine if you had one service with all your streaming services. Together. That's what cable was. I'm old enough yep. to remember that. And now, like Amazon is adding commercials to Prime unless you play more. It's just regular TV. It's regular TV all over again. Um, but I do want to point out the Dolphins. I saw a good nugget on them. They're one in five against playoff teams this year with a negative 91 point differential. Oh, my gosh. Only the Commanders and Giants had a worse point differential against playoff teams. Every time the Dolphins play a good team, pretty much, they lose. They lost to the Chiefs twice. They lose. They lose to any good team, They except for the Cowboys, who, by the way, have also have a tendency to shrink in big moments. The Dolphins lost to the Bills twice. They played the Chiefs. They lost. They played the Eagles when the Eagles looked good. They lost. They played the Ravens. They lost. You're telling me they're going to go into Arrowhead, where it's going to be freezing cold, by the way, and they're going to win? No chance. I don't care that Chiefs offense is not that good. I'm taking Mahomes at home in the playoffs. Yeah. And then, and then Mahomes is going to hit the road, which we're all excited to see if that happens. So, all right, let's take a look here at some other games. So there's some other games we need to talk about in the wild card round. Sunday, we talked about Steelers-Bills already. And then we have Packers-Cowboys. Packers-Cowboys, 4.30 Eastern time on Fox. The Green Bay Packers, they played on Sunday, and they were victorious. And the, the Packers and Bears, 17-9 to final score, this is one of those games where, you know, everyone's going to say the Cowboys are at home. They have such a good record at home. They're undefeated at home, to be exact. And when the NFC East, after beating the Commanders 38 to 10, what's your take on this one? I feel like this is a slam dunk pick for the Cowboys, but do the Packers have a chance here? Well, they have a, a little bit of a chance because Jordan Love looks good, man. Jordan he Love, he looks like he could continue that line of successful Packers quarterbacks. I give him a shot. But the problem is Dallas has looked so good at home and the talent in this game. If you were to put all the players in this game into a draft, the first like seven picks are all Cowboys. <laughs> so there yeah. really is a huge talent disparity. But the Packers are kind of like in a similar situation to the Texans. It's like all this year was about was finding out whether or not Jordan Love can play. So anything that happens to this point is gravy. You're getting Love playoff experience, which is good. And they're a super young team in Green Bay. They've been banged up, especially at the receiver position. So if you're the Packers, like, hey, you know, go out, have a kitchen sink game, run some trick plays, do some crazy stuff against the Cowboys. Maybe you get the win. But this season already has been a success if you're a Packer fan. I feel like it's very similar to what we say about the Texans. Like no one really expected much with Aaron Rodgers leaving and Jordan Love. We're not sure what you're going to get. And I feel like the Packers faithful has to be like, hey, this is gravy. Like you said earlier, like did, just to sit back and watch and see how this goes. Kitchen sink game. Love that analogy. Throw everything you got. The Cowboys are going to have all the pressure on the world on them. Dak yep. Prescott's going to have all the pressure on the world on him to perform. Because if you lose this game, if <laughs> you lose this football game, not only is Mike McCarthy probably going to get fired, but you have to wonder like if, if what kind of drastic measures Jerry Jones is going to take. I don't think that necessarily happens. Nonetheless, What's your, you feeling good about the Cowboys going into the playoffs? Do you think they're a choke artist? I think the Cowboys depends on matchups. Here's the thing with Dallas. You can bully them as much as they are the bully and they're very physical and they are. If you push them around, they will be bullied, especially if you can run the ball against them. We've seen it. The 49ers have done it multiple times now. It's, it's weird that they can look so good and also be so vulnerable 
at the same time. Um, but I think they're more matchup dependent than anybody maybe in the NFC, but they certainly have the talent to do it. They absolutely do on both sides of the ball. The game, if I'm looking at all the wild card games that don't involve the Pittsburgh Steelers, if there's one game that I was like, I am excited for this one, it's actually the game between the Los Angeles Rams, Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit to play the Detroit Lions. Uh, Stafford was rested in week 18. He didn't play, even though the Rams beat the 49ers 21 to 20. And the Lions, they beat the Minnesota Vikings 30 to 20. But you mentioned Sam Laporta leaving with a knee injury. Dan Campbell said after the game, it wasn't as bad as it looked, but you have to wonder if his availability for that game. And this game is going to be again, 8 p.m. Eastern time on NBC, not Peacock, NBC, Rams, Lions. What do you think about this one, Rob? I mean, the NFL just falls into these storylines, right? Like you've got <laughs> Darnold, uh, Darnold, excuse me, Stafford going back to Detroit for the first time. You've got McVay going up against Goff, which, you know, you've got your old, the old coach and quarterback yeah. going together. Lions haven't been in the playoffs since I think the automobile was invented. Like this is a perfect <laughs> freaking storyline and Matthew Stafford better get cheered when he goes back to Detroit he's the best quarterback in the history of the Lions I don't care about Bobby Lane sorry he better get cheered when he goes back this is going to be a fantastic game I honestly I don't know who's going to win this game I could see either team winning it I this is like and like you said it's the playoff game where I'm like literally like just kind of want to sit back and see what happens um the Rams offense is really high powered and I don't have faith in the Lions defense, but the Lions offense can put up points. So it, it's going to be a ton of fun. There's a lot of that in the wild card round. You've got Tyreek Hill going to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs his first time yeah. back in Arrowhead. You've got a lot of like, like the Cowboys and Packers playing, right? Mike McCarthy playing his old team in the Green Bay. Pack. There's a lot of storylines in these matchups for the wild card round. And if this, if there's a game that I could see getting high powered points all over the board. It's this one indoors yeah. in the dome Ford field and Detroit. The, the, you know, you talk about going Buffalo Pittsburgh in Buffalo, like that's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. You talked about near free below freezing temperatures in arrowhead. Mm -hmm. They're going to be in the friendly confines in Detroit, Michigan, and they're going to get to light it up. Two offenses that can move the ball. Puka Nakua sets a new uh, NFL rookie receiving record. He, I think he broke Jalen Waddle's record as a rookie. Uh, just a phenomenal season for him. Cooper Cup was held out. They're going to be back. This is going to be a fun game. Do you have, are you leaning one way or the other in terms of who could win this one? Early I'm, on, I know. I'm leaning the Rams just because I think their offense is really good. I think Detroit's defense is extremely vulnerable. And I think the Rams defense is slightly better than the Lions. But also the Rams have the experience edge, right? McVay obviously has a ton of playoff experience. Matt Stafford has a ton of playoff experience. There's still a lot of guys that were on that Super Bowl team that are on this roster. So I do think that matters, you know? I mean, I yeah. know Goff has some too, obviously, because he was with the Rams. But I still think that ultimately the experience lies more on the Rams side. We don't know what the hell Dan Campbell's going to do either so i'll give the edge to la but this could be the most fun game of wildcard weekend absolutely and then you go to this monday night game which again monday night playoff football you're like oh i don't know if this is good it doesn't seem like it sounds right but nonetheless you have the eagles and you have the tampa bay buccaneers who finally someone won the nfc south good for them <laughs> and the eagles you know, you talk about trajectory, and Mike Tomlin always says their arrow is pointing up. He talks about that with players who are playing up. You know, they, they're looking good. The Steelers, you know, they win three straight to get into the playoffs. Some would say their arrow is pointing up. I don't think the arrow could be pointing any more down on a team than the way the Philadelphia Eagles are playing. You mentioned A.J. Brown leaving with a knee injury. Jalen Hurts is dealing with a finger injury. 
This team's banged up. Their defense can't stop anyone. They lost to the Giants 27 to 10. And people might say, well, they probably rested people. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't rest anyone. They lost a safety, I think, towards ACL. Yeah. He's done for the year. That secondary could not afford to lose another player. And they, again, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, hey, they didn't light up the scoreboard either. They beat the Panthers nine to nothing on uh, Sunday. So, Rob, what do you think about this Monday night game? This is weird. Big loser energy coming from the Eagles right now. You've lost five of your last six games. You Jalen Hurts, like you mentioned, his fingers dislocated. They were down like 24 to nothing in this game in the second quarter. And Sirianni threw up the white flag. He pulled all the starters. He pulled Jason Kelsey. He pulled Jalen Hurts. He threw up the white flag. And that's what it feels like the Eagles have been doing. I, you know, I'm just going to say it since the 49ers kicked the hell out of them. The 49ers yeah. broke the Eagles. And after that game, Nick Bosa said, I hope everybody watches the film because we just put out the blueprint on how to beat this team. And everybody killed Nick Bosa when he said that. To be honest, I kind of killed him a little bit. But guess what? <laughs> the Eagles won one game since then. And it was a 33-25 win over the Giants on Christmas. That's the only game the Eagles won since then. So Nick Bosa was kind of right. And I'm not so sure the Eagles are going to win against Tampa Bay. I'm really not. So I said this on, I think it was maybe the NFL whip around podcast on the NFL feed with coach KT Smith. And I don't think it was on this one, but the Eagles just reek of 2020 Steelers to me. You remember 2020 Pittsburgh jumped out to 11 and O record. They were undefeated. It was the longest in, in Steelers history that they had been undefeated. And everyone's like, Oh my gosh, they're 11 and O. But when you watch the game, even as a Steeler fan, you're thinking, they can't keep this up. Like there's no way they can keep this up. Like they're, they're not that good. They're, they're winning these games in really weird ways. Just doesn't look right. That's exactly what we've been saying about the Eagles all season. Now, yes, we talk our way about how they had to change coordinators because they got head coaching jobs. And we talked about how there was a lot of turnover on the roster, but no matter what you say, they weren't winning games the way you would expect a team to, they, they could be a Super Bowl contender to win games. They just weren't doing it. And now it just seems like just like the 2020 Steelers who limped into the playoffs, they were a one and done. And it seems like even against Tampa Bay, I could see the Buccaneers winning this football game. What does Nick Sirianni do? <laughs> like, is he a defensive coach? Is he an offensive coach? Is he an ex-Eagles guy? Is he a situational guy? Is he a motivational guy? Like, what does he do? It seems like all he does is try to get to third and one and fourth and one so they could do the tush push or try to get a defensive pass interference penalty deep down the yeah. field. That seems like that's his strategy. It's really weird. Yeah. And then when you talk about some of the, again, I, I've said this on other podcasts, there's something not right about that team. When you hear Jalen hurts, go up in front of the media and say that the team's not like dedicated when you have, uh, Matt Patricia now taking over defensive play yeah. calls towards the last third of the season. Like, Who's making that move right now? Like, this is a team that's supposed to be all buttoned up. They're good to go. They are not good to go. And I know Eagle fans are talking themselves in circles right now about how they're fine and they're going to get it together. You're not getting it together. You are limping into the postseason. And if you lose to the NFC South leading Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which, by the way, Baker Mayfield, they can, they can still put up points. Mike Evans is still Mike Evans. And so I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I predict the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win, but my gosh, it's going to be a, it's going to be closer than we think. I guarantee that. What's the spread in that game? Because I'm tempted to take it's the Bucks plus two and a half, and they're at home. I, I think I'm taking the Bucks and the points, and I might take the Bucks to win outright. Who's stopping the Bucks if Baker doesn't turn the ball over? Like 
they're going to move the ball against the Eagles defense. They, yes. The Eagles are getting worse. That's the thing. It's not just that they're losing. It feels like they are getting worse. They had a perfect opportunity this week to get right against the Giants. Division opponent starting Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. Like, come on, man. And they just looked they were down 24 to nothing in the second quarter. Yeah. It's hideous. And Tyrod Taylor left the game and Tommy DeVito came in and, and he finished the job. And so it's, this is unbelievable to me. This is going to be interesting. Do, do we have any diagnosis on AJ Brown's knee? I'm sure they're probably keeping it hush hush, but if he's out, what, what are you going to turn to Julio Jones? I think they said that the A, it wasn't an ACL, which is okay. good news, but uh, you know, he's certainly not going to be full strength if he can play this week at all. I I don't think then it's Devonte Smith who's been banged up and yep. Quez Watkins. Like if I were the Eagles, just run the ball 40 times. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad in Philly. We're not going to spend too much time on that. And that wraps up the wild card round, but we got some other news to talk about and no folks. I know we're straying from our usual going through every single game, but we're going to talk about it in different ways. The coaching carousel is be, has begun. It has already started to turn. We knew there was going to be new coach hires in the Las Vegas Raiders. Potentially, they could they could hire Antonio Pierce if they decide to stick with him. The Los Angeles Chargers are going to be in in the in line for a new coach. Now Ron Rivera gets fired from the Washington Commanders in <laughs> right as the right as the clock turned to Monday. Arthur Smith, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. What is it with the coach from the Falcons? His name is Arthur Smith. Yeah. Yeah. I got it right. He gets fired from the Falcons. So we already have some job openings out there. Rob, is there any of these jobs that is more attractive than the other to you? Uh, to me, it's the Chargers just because they have the best quarterback of any of the openings. That's true. You know, I think Jim Harbaugh is going to take that job, which that, that'd be a pretty darn good match if you're the Chargers. Like, yes, yeah. please give me Jim Harbaugh with Justin Herbert. Um, but that, to me, is by far the most attractive opening. Although I will say, I think Atlanta's pretty attractive, too. You have a collection of skill players on offense that's really good. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson. Like, you yeah. can definitely build around that in Atlanta. And it's a very winnable division, clearly. I mean, who's the big bat in that division? Tampa Bay? Yeah, okay. Like, <laughs> come on. Give me a break. You could easily get that job as a head coach. If you were to bring in, if you don't, Let's say you don't draft a quarterback. You, you decide to go a different way. Bring in somebody like, and I don't know his contract situation, but like Gardner Minshew. You could win that division next year. If you just have adequate league average quarterback play, you could probably win that division in your first year. So while I think the Chargers job is the most attractive just because Justin Herbert is really, really good, I think Atlanta's a very, very close second. And I didn't even bring this team up, but because it hasn't been made official yet, but New England is probably going to be looking for a new head coach as everyone's talking about Bill Belichick's final game at Gillette Stadium on Sunday when they lost their final game. And so uh, to the Jets, I believe. So the opposite, by the way, that's the least attractive job. Their roster yeah. stinks. They're playing in a division with the Bills and the Dolphins. And the guy you're succeeding is the greatest head coach in the history of the NFL. That's the complete op. That is the least attractive job. <laughs> well, since the commanders officially fired Ron Rivera, who he was a lame duck anyways, uh, when you look at that, there's rumors already that that new ownership group is going to sell the farm to get Bill Belichick. They, they will do whatever it takes to get Belichick in Washington to coach the commanders with other with without a quarterback because they're not sold on Sam Howe 
it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out as it pertains to, oh, let, hey, one more thing about Washington as we talk about the draft order, because with the regular season now over, the Chicago Bears own the first overall pick from Carolina because Carolina was the worst team in the league. And, oh, second pick, the Washington Commanders at 4-13. and 13. So we've talked about how Bill Belichick, the GM, not the best talent evalu evaluator, he could end up with the number two overall pick. Yeesh, I don't know. Okay, well, first of all, this is hilarious to me because there's a big PR push going on right now with Washington. Oh, they hired former Golden State Warriors GM Bob Myers to oversee their coaching search and, and former Vikings GM Rick Spielman. Like, if you hire all those guys and then your search leads you to Bill Belichick, the greatest <laughs> coach of all time, like, gee, thanks, guys. Thanks for that expertise. Um, and like, do we even know that Bob Myers can fight? Like, who, why is that an attractive thing? I, I don't know. Whatever. Do you do you, Washington? If you do hire Bill Belichick, do not give him general manager control. And maybe I don't know if he would take the job unless he has control. I don't know what his you know preferences are. Bill Belichick, the GM, stinks. Bill Belichick, the head coach, I still think is the greatest coach ever. If you could get Belichick to be just the coach, I would sign up for that. Because I think he's really, really good. And if you give him a good quarterback, I think he can be really, really good. We'll see what happens in Washington. That's going to be fascinating because, like you said, they do have the number two pick. Potentially could be Drake May. Could be Caleb Williams. If you if you want to go the quarterback route there, they they have good pieces too. They have yeah. Curtis uh, Samuel. They have uh, Terry McLaurin on offense. They, they've got like some solid pieces on offense. For sure. It's, it's not the worst, especially with Snyder gone. It's not like this horrible job like it has been for so long. Well, let's let's stick with the draft talk for just a little bit. I mean, we're going to continue this throughout playoffs. This show's not going anywhere. We're going to still be doing the postseason post and things like that. But when you look at the draft order, what's Chicago going to do? You know, Chicago now owns the first overall pick, and they also own the ninth pick from their own first-round pick. There's a lot of people wondering if Justin Fields is the guy, you know, they only scored nine points in Lambeau. I know. He, I think he left the game uh, with an injury. He got hit pretty hard at one point. Yeah. What, what do you think Chicago does? Do they go into the quarterback route? Are they going to stick with Justin Fields? This is going to be interesting to watch too. If you don't know by now that Justin Fields is the guy, he ain't the guy. Okay. He ain't the guy. We have seen 38 starts from Justin Fields. He has 40 passing touchdowns in those 38 starts. He has 30 interceptions in those 38 starts. He has 135 sacks. He ain't it. He ain't it. It is so hilarious to me that people saw four starts of Trey Lance and said he can't play at all. Yet here we are with Justin Fields, 38 starts that people are like, mm, gee, I don't know. How does that make sense? <laughs> he ain't it. Get rid of him, Chicago. I get it. It's tempting, right? Because you keep Fields. Maybe you trade down one or tw two times in the draft, depending, because guys are going to want those quarterbacks. Yeah. So maybe, you know, you can keep Fields and trade and draft all these guys and have all these first-round picks. That's cool. But if your quarterback stinks, it doesn't matter. And if you don't know by now, then you don't have a guy. Look at the Texans and C.J. Stroud. You know they got a guy. It shouldn't take this long. So I say get rid of Fields. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, Rob, let me ask you a question before we, we call it a show. As a 49ers fan, yes. which playoff game are you most excited to watch? Um, I'm kind of excited to watch the Rams and the Lions. I would think probably that one, um, just because I'm not going to worry about the AFC until right. 
I get it. 49ers make the Super Bowl. So whatever happens in the, I'm not going to wring my hands, you know, this week, next week, whatever. So I think I'm excited about the Rams game. Um, Those two teams could challenge. I think the Rams are the biggest team that I worry about for the 49ers because they know the Niners well. They have the best quarterback in the NFC. They have an offense that can put up points. So I'd be fascinated. Like if the Lions win, I will take a deep sigh of relief in that game. So I'll say that one. Okay. I mean, for me, it's the Steelers. Come on now. Like, I'm, I'm super excited just to see this team get the, to get to play in the postseason. At one time, it was a given that the Steelers were going to make the playoffs. And since Ben Roethlisberger retired, it is not a given. And so I'm going to enjoy every single chance I get to watch my team play in the playoffs. And hey, you never know what can happen. Josh Allen can turn the ball over at a ridiculous clip. The Steelers could go to Buffalo and they could shock the world. And guess what would set up in the divisional round? Pittsburgh at Baltimore. That would be so. And and that could look, the Steelers have played the Ravens tough. Oh, yes, they have. They have. And TJ Watt could be coming back possibly in that game. That would be fascinating. And then if Lamar lost, people would be like, see, he stinks in the playoffs. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm telling you. I I like playoffs. So, yes, please. There you go. Any final thoughts on this week that was, Rob? I'm just really sad. I always get sad in week 18 that there's going to be no more red zone for a whole year. The red zone is the second greatest sports invention of my lifetime after the yellow first down marker on TV. So I will be sad that that is gone, but I'm just full speed. I've been waiting for the playoffs for a whole year since Brock Purdy got hurt in the NFC championship game against the Eagles. I have been saying like, please just let's get back to the playoffs because I think the 49ers can win the whole damn thing. And we're finally here and I cannot wait for it. Absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. We are going to be with you every step of the way. Again, the Fans First Football Show will be live all throughout the postseason, so make sure you check us out there. Rob, where can we get your San Francisco 49ers coverage? So We are the Gold Standard 49ers Podcast Network. You can look us up on YouTube. Just search Gold Standard 49ers. We pop right up. We're everywhere you get your podcasts as well. Uh, on the socials, at GSN49ers, if you want to follow us there. And if you want to follow me, I am at Stats on Fire. As for my Pittsburgh Steelers coverage, you can find us at the Steel Curtain Network. You can find us on YouTube, all the socials. And you can also find me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Rob, it's been another fun one. We'll talk next week. Take it easy. Thanks, Jeff.